Welcome to the Deptford Cinema Podcast. Bienvenido al podcast del Deptford Cinema. Deptford Cinema, the right place for film lovers. Hello everyone, welcome to the Christmas uh, Deptford Cinema Podcast. My name is Charlotte and joining me today is Neil. Hello, hi Charlotte, <laughs> hi everyone. And Merry Christmas in advance. Merry Christmas, one and all. Uh, so we wanted to discuss our favourite Christmas films. Um, it's going to be kind of a free-form chat between us two. So I'm going to kick off by asking Neil. Neil, what's your favourite Christmas film? Oh, there's, there's so many to choose from. But if I'm going to go for one, it's that classic story, a kind of warning tale about be careful what you get for Christmas those sort of presents that are going to backfire on you on the giver and the receiver and just um you know it's it, you, you don't know what you're getting and it's like mm, is this too good to be true and it is and especially around don't give a pet for Christmas because some pets you know cats and dogs puppies and kittens usually not a good idea everyone because they're, they're, they're for life not for christmas as the old adage goes but <laughs> these pets in this film what are the rules repeat after me don't get them wet <laughs> don't feed them after midnight whatever you do don't get any of the sunlight gremlins oh, I, fantastic. I, I, I was terrified by this film as a kid but i oh, think yeah. years later i've come to appreciate it it's so such a classic and that that is my go-to christmas film Oh, fantastic. It is a really Christmassy film, isn't it? Even though it's a horror, uh, so it, it might be seen as quite <laughs> controversial to call it a Christmas film. It definitely happens around Christmas. And um, yeah, I would definitely call it Gremlins as a Christmas film, I would say. Definitely. I, I think it's got all, all the elements are there. It's got this like, even it's America, it's got that picture postcard like Christmas setting. It's in the snow snowbound little town everyone's kind of moving up to christmas and it has nice little scenes early in the film where um billy works in a bank so he's kind of got this job and again he's winding down for christmas there's little christmas parties going on in the little bar and such and his dad's driving home for christmas having got him the best present been on the road for ages not seen him and thought yeah for mogwai and it has all those elements and then it's got all the all the build-ups all about the, you know, he's buying the Christmas tree, um, the mum's getting all the, in the kitchen, getting all the food ready. It's got all those elements we probably recognise at Christmas. And also, it's got those that Scrooge character, Mrs. Deagle. Um, she's one of my favourites. She's this kind of terrifying person that kind of is sort of blackmailing or threatening the town with all her sort of um, her money and her plans for the town, all the redevelopment plans of the town. She's going to ruin the spirit of Christmas. and. I don't know how much spoilers we give away on this podcast, but uh, what <laughs> happens to her is one of the best moments in any Christmas movie. I don't know if I can go there, Charlotte, with what happens to her, because this is probably avoiding spoilers. spoilers. <laughs> what happens I mean, to her? Maybe just to, like, maybe you could say what it involves. I think I know the bit that yes. you're talking about. You know it's the bit. Carol. It does. Oh, Carol yeah. singers. And yes. a stairlift. So it's about one of those elderly relatives, the cranky elderly relative, Mrs. Deagle, gets visited by some carol singers, and we'll leave it at that. <laughs> but it, it's just one of those, did I just see that moment in a Christmas film or any film? And I think it sets the standard for the whole movie. And she's my favourite character, a proper Scrooge-like character. So you got that as well. 
You do need a Grinch type character for every Christmas film, don't you? You need the anti yeah. the, the the greedy character to it start, is. you know, offset the other um to kind of like kick stuff into motion, I guess. Although gremlins have their own thing happening. Yeah. Um, it's interesting that you mentioned that um Billy works in a bank because I've noticed I've noticed a theme going through Christmas films of banking. Um, coming to one of my Christmas films, um, Trading Places is actually uh, about commodities trading. Um, and um, yeah, huge, huge fan of Trading Places. Um, it's got Dan Aykroyd in it, who I've always loved since Ghostbusters. And Eddie Murphy, at his peak, this was around the time when he had uh, his amazing stand-up shows, Raw and Delirious, were, which are, I, I think, his best stand-up. And this was before he went and did the, um, started to do the films that involved him in heavy prosthetics, playing every single character. I, I totally agree with you. I think for this podcast, I was agonising, I must admit. It was either Gremlins or Trading Places for me. I went for Gremlins, because Trading Places, I think, has... It has the whole holiday season trading places. Like the end of that film, they end up on on New Year's, like yeah. on New Year's Eve. They're going up post Christmas, so it takes it beyond there. But trading places, it's one of those films where everyone involved in that film is at their best. The whole cast, the filmmakers, everything. And you're right. That trading places, Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, okay, he's race dance, the heart of the Ghostbusters. But Trading Places is easily Dan Aykroyd's best performance. This whole journey of Winthorpe. He, again, he's a greedy, Scrooge-like character that is in the Christmas, totally in it for himself, doesn't care about anyone else. And he learns through what happens with, with Eddie Murphy. And you're right, Eddie Murphy, showing my age here on my videos, like, uh, he has to record all the movies from Christmas on video and then watch them repeatedly. Eddie Murphy was all over them. Trading Places had that run, Beverly Hills Cop. All of them, right up to coming to America. All those 80s films. Eddie Murphy, fantastic. Yeah. I think it's definitely my favourite film of his. Um, even more so than Coming to America, which is also a great film. And I think it's also... Is it also set at Christmas? I can't remember now. Coming to America. Yeah, you know what I thought of that? It's very snowbound. They end up in Queens, don't they, in Coming to America? Yeah, and you can cool. feel how cold that is. I don't know if you've been to New York during the... During, I've... Been, I've I haven't been there at Christmas time, but I've been to New York during the winter. And um, I remember it in New York can get so cold. I remember our plane, when we were coming to leave, um, they had to defrost uh, our plane. I think someone said it was minus 14 on the tarmac at New York, um, JFK Airport, when I went a few years back. And that's how cold New York can get. So, so I'm watching Come to America. I think there's a little bit of hints of Christmas, but plenty of snow, and you feel how cold it is. They definitely, yeah, they definitely celebrate a family Christmas in the film, um, although yeah. it's not really centred around it specifically being Christmas. But, um, yeah, I'm pretty Eddie sure. Eddie Murphy was that big star. They used to put his films on Christmas Day. Like Christmas night, I remember watching Coming to America, the, the TV premiere before we had everything now, with streaming, DVDs, cable, satellite. BBC used to be the go-to in the 80s. You used to sit around at Christmas and watch the big movies. And Come to America was one of the biggest. And it was fantastic. I remember watching that on Christmas night. So it's got that, that feel to it as well. Yeah. It's a good double bill now you mention it. 
Yes, that is a great Eddie double Murphy bill. Christmas double bill. <laughs> Go out and check it. <laughs> <laughs> when we when we open the cinema again, we'll have to do it next year. Yeah, oh, we're there. We're there. Anyone listening to this, look out for tickets. <laughs> we're we're going to do that. We're definitely going to do that. Deadfall Cinema. Falls Community buys Community. What other films do you have to watch at Christmas? Home Alone has oh. got to be high up the list. And yeah, Home Alone's a good one. I watched it recently. There's something interesting about it. Um, uh, I watched it the other night. And there, there's something I spotted. I was watching it with my wife. And when you look at it, it, it is totally Christmas. But they even design it like Christmas. And what I mean is, we, I didn't spot this till the last viewing. Their house, which is ridiculous, by the way, for seeing Home Alone, the house, his family home, it's a mansion. And, but if you watch it, the color palette they use is green and red. Yes. I am, now I've told you that, everyone needs to go and watch Home Alone and you will, if you haven't sweated already, maybe I'm a bit too slow in my movies. But if you spot that, it really does bring out that whole Christmas feel. It feels, those colors mixed together feel Christmas. They feel like Christmas. So there's a nice little element they've chucked in there as well. And as well, it's got a nice, it's got a well message of Christmas about, Christmas usually about families. <laughs> but like Kevin, it's, it's a nice mix in that film. Some people are lucky enough to have big families and have sort of family Christmas gatherings. Obviously, while we're talking this year, that's going to be much more difficult. But I think there's a nice mixture in Home Alone with Kevin. He kind of has to grow up and it's all about that sort of independence he gets as a boy uh, without his family at Christmas. And also as well, it, I'll say this for Home Alone, it's got to be the most violent Christmas film ever made oh i mean the, I the ending there. Um, really there's another one even joe pesky how they, he drops an iron <laughs> on daniel stern's face and it's still oh like watching it after all these years i still wince at those stunts the way they did that it's, it's like if you do that in real life it's not going to end up well for that person what's more violent than christmas films in home alone Die Hard, of course. Die oh, Hard is the ultimate yeah. Christmas movie to me. Um, but, but Die Hard's not aimed at eight to ten year olds, is it? I mean, maybe, okay, maybe I'm, I'm kind of, maybe the most violent PG film, but I'll give you Die Hard, yeah. That's it is a violent a PG film, yeah. Um, <laughs> but in terms of violent Christmas films, yeah, Die Hard has to be the most violent Die Hard. film. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Die Hard's an utter classic as well. Yeah. Although a lot of people disagree that it's a Christmas film. Um, but there's a lot of reasons why it definitely is a Christmas film. Um, the fact that it, it happens at Christmas, uh, it's based yep. at um, the, the Nakatomi Plaza having their Christmas party. So yeah. there's, there's decorations everywhere. It's obviously Christmas. McLean is traveling home to visit his family during Christmas. Yep. Um, and then there's a lot... Um, of themes that are coming in Christmas movies, uh, such as um, the family coming together. Um, there's the uh, the Christmas Grinch, who is um, Hans Gruber, of course. He's <laughs> yeah, kind of, Alan Rittman's best, <laughs> gotta be. <Yeah. laughs> um, and then there's the theme of brotherhood, um, where... Yep. Um, John McClane and I forget the cop's name. They kind of work together. Sergeant Al Powell. That's I it. His Sergeant name. Powell. Sergeant Los Angeles Police Department. Sergeant Al Powell. That's right. 
Yeah. It's an extraordinary performance. Rigel Bell Johnson, he's not in many films. I saw an interview with him about getting the Die Hard role and he's great. When, when you, it's one of those films where you look at it and you're right, that relationship is there between him and McLean, Bruce Willis, but it's over the radio, the whole yeah. movie until the end. Yeah. Um, so the, the theme of brotherly love is there. And mm -hmm. then you've got the overcoming the Grinch at the end. And it's not Christmas until, spoiler alert, Hans Gruber falls off the Nakatomi Plaza. <laughs> totally, totally. It, it's just decked with Christmas decorations as well. I think that's an interesting one. Yeah, what other films are set during an office Christmas party? And like every office Christmas party, you know there's going to be regrets. And there's a ton of regrets at the end of Die Hard. Where just, you know, the, the, the terrorists have managed to murder half the supporting cast. So there's those regrets afterwards. So, and it's going to end up in a mess. And it does end up in a mess. With, with again, spoiler alert, half the building being blown up. Yes. Including the FBI. So yeah. it, it's kind of all, all about that. Yeah, it, it's a, a classic Christmas film. Does a Christmas it, film qualify if it's set at Christmas? Or has to technically be about Christmas? Set at Christmas, I think. And also it has a lot of the, the, the classic Christmas themes within it. Um, yeah. So apparently, according to a, a poll that was done, a lot of people would disagree with me. Um, but yeah, I 100% think that Die Hard is a Christmas film. Damn, totally. I think it's totally a Christmas film. One other um, film that um, is a Christmas film, definitely, and that features quite a few Christmas parties is Scrooged. Have you seen Scrooged? Oh, Bill Murray, yes, yeah. I've seen Scrooged. Yeah, that's one of my must-watches um, at Christmas. That features quite a few different um, versions of him at different times, obviously because he's yeah. the main character, Scrooge. Um, and that's, yeah, oh, some of the effects now, looking back at it, is... Yeah, it's amazing. It's just like, because it's the, the actual proper, it's from the time when they did real puppetry. And yeah. they're all, I think they're Jim Henson puppets or something crazy like that. Um, I think so. I, the I remember the ghost of, is it the ghost of Christmas future? And it's this like, you never see him. He's like this Grim Reaper character in that film. Yes. Yeah. It's terrifying. Again, in the <laughs> 80s, watching this film, it's like, what is that? I think it's a different change of tone for the whole film. It, he's so great in that film. It's that great. He's perfectly cast in that as well, because he's so yeah. cynical and most of his films is in. But that, they really dial him up to 11. And he's <laughs> like, you know, it could be the most cynical Bill Murray you can find is in Scrooge. Yeah, that's a great remake as well. I would say it's one of his best, but I mean... Although, like, the later films, I do have to say I prefer his later films. But in terms of that, um, that time period, it is definitely one of the best films that he did during that, during that time, I think. Yeah, yeah, during that run, during that 80s run. I think um, Ghostbusters 2, no, Ghostbusters 2 is set at New Year's Eve. I'm trying to remember again if they cross over and they have a Christmas moment in it. I think they may do. I think they may do. So mm. he's in that as well. So, you know, he has that kind of, we associate him, Groundhog Day is, a, is a set in the winter. It's not a Christmas film. But <laughs> sometimes you get fooled and go, oh, hang on a minute. Is that a Christmas film? That's what I mean. That's another thing. It's got snow in it. Oh, it's a Christmas film. So, well, no. <laughs> it's a total, it, it's not a Christmas film. 
But no, when, my when is the official Groundhog Day? Is it in November or what? I thought I... it was February. Yeah, yeah. People now listen to this podcast are screaming at us now, Charlotte, going, it's this day. In, in, <laughs> I think it's February Groundhog Day. Um, right. So, yeah. The Groundhog decides how long you've got left of winter, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Probably too long. Um, there are a few Christmas themes, though, in. Um, in Groundhog Day, like yeah. most notably uh, Redemption, and um, there is there is some brotherly love in there as well. There is, there is. I think it's yeah, learning to be a good guy. Yeah, it's learning the to like Scrooge. All these stories of kind of learning to be the good guy. <laughs> Apart from Gremlins, where you've got a literal split of the Mogwai and the Gremlins, and then you're. It's quite clear who the good guy and the bad guy is in that one. <laughs> a literal split of the same individual goes on in that. Yeah. Spike is so cool, though, the head gremlin. Spike is amazing. So He's evil. Terrifying. Oh. <laughs> He's so evil. And the bit in the cinema, again, like, it's all about that. You know, what do the gremlins do? They all get, like everyone at Christmas, they all get together and they go for a trip to the cinema. It kind of a <laughs> cinema is the Christmas tradition. What happens at that film? They go see Snow White and Seven Dwarfs. They've got their own Christmas movie there. So, and they love it. Then they <laughs> but then it, you know, it ends in that, in, in that way. Lewisham loves Dead for Cinema. One of them I love. I mean, if we're talking other Christmas films, and, and someone told me this recently, it's the last one I discovered. Um, I'm a big Rocky fan. Oh, yeah? So, when you get to Rocky Four. We've seen Rocky Four, where he fights Dolph Lundgren's Ivan Drago. The fight is on Christmas Day. Oh, right. We, we, no sporting events happen on Christmas Day. I mean, maybe in America, maybe in Russia, where it's set, but uh, certainly not in Britain. So I don't know where that comes from, but it's set on Christmas Day. And does the whole build-up. Maybe? Does that... I think it does. There you go. It, it's set on Christmas. So it must be a Christmas movie. <laughs> I, think, I think I don't quite... I think that it's a Christmas movie just if the fight is on Christmas Day, though. I think I think you have to have some more elements. If you can think of some more elements that the film incorporates are Christmas themes, I well, will he, perhaps uh, consider it being a Christmas movie. But yeah, I mean, even uh, the Die Hard film isn't a Christmas movie just because it happens at Christmas. There's, yeah, there's other the stuff. Die Hard Two, that's a Christmas film as well, isn't it? Yes. It's set a year later. Yeah. They, they even make jokes about how how much bad luck can one guy get. I mean, they literally give him lines to, to say, because they're obviously aware, like, oh, it won't be like last year, and it's like every year, things will be better than last year, but not John McClane. It gets worse in Die Hard 2. It's at an airport. There's <laughs> lots more danger going on there. But Rocky Four, I mean, there's one bit, that's, uh, there's one bit to do it. He, Rocky gets Paulie, his brother-in-law, this, the, the, the worst a gift, which is the worst robot in movie history. And it goes in that theme of what kind of rubbish gift have you got me here? That he gives him it in the film. Like, oh, no, this is terrible. And it, it's just, there you go. It's sort of the rubbish gift giving. That, that's kind of a tradition at Christmas. So that's in Rocky Four as well. Okay. I'll think of some more. But Rocky <laughs> Four, there you go. Christmas film. There's the, going back to the the running theme of banks in Christmas movies, yeah. uh, or banking featured in Christmas movies. 
what about it's a, it's a Wonderful Life, where the the main character is a banker, um, it is, and it's based yeah. about how great banks are, after all. It's yeah, it, it, how great banks are. How great banks. Um, that's a controversial statement. I mean, that, that's what they're trying to tell us now, but this podcast could trail off into something. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it, it... Isn't that a yeah, part of it? It's like, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's one of the worst... Heart. It's propaganda, I would say. <laughs> Is it propaganda for <laughs> the banks? banking propaganda. It may be. It Insert bank name here. <laughs> I think so. I think he... Because he kind of... But, but he, George has got George Bailey in it. That's yes. James Stewart in it. He's got everyone, but he's got everyone's good intentions. He's got good intentions in his heart for everyone in there. So he's gonna well, they'll protect their money or something. And then that's where the crux of the story comes from. With you know, despite your good intentions, this may unravel. Um, yeah, it's got the, 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 there's lots of the, it's got a Scrooge character. I can't remember the guy's name in it, like the, the bad guy again. But he's gonna. Again, railroad the town and ruin the town as he's shown. So it may be as that thing. Yeah, but banks as your friend could be, could be at Christmas. Go around to the bank, maybe. I mean, in Gremlins, there's kind of they're in the bank in certain scenes. I think they take they take refuge in the bank in Gremlins. Thinking about it, because they <laughs> it's the only sort of you know it's this probably most secure place in the town. So I'm thinking when it all goes wrong in Gremlins. They do go to the bank. And also I thought of another scene in Gremlins that sticks out that makes it quite a memorable Christmas film is the, um, you know, the, the, the revelation that Santa Claus may not be real. I don't want to get in a debate with any listeners on here, you know, is he, is he? <laughs> but it, there's the, the Phoebe Cates in that film. Certainly if you remember, she recounts that story with when they discover like Santa Claus comes down the chimney, but it's not Santa Claus. And he has an awful, awaiting him and it's such a dark story where this is as they pulled the body of him out of the chimney yes, it's okay. just oh it's a real moment and that's set in the bank as well so maybe it's that whole thing about mm, yeah be careful what you wish for because <laughs> it can backfire on you and sort of break your faith in christmas and she's kind of broken at that maybe the experience with the gremlins will be awakened the christmas spirit in there that's a very dark <laughs> dark side to that film as well yeah, I would say that Gremlins is on the darkest side of Christmas film. Actually, that's not true. That's not true at all, because there's the Krampus, which is... Um, yes. Is it, from, is it made in Norway? It's from... It's a Scandinavian... Uh, based on a Scandinavian folk tale, isn't it? The Krampus. Yeah. Um, and that's currently on various streaming uh, yeah. platforms. And that mm. is pretty much the darkest 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 end of um christmas folklore isn't it the krampus yeah. isn't it um, the krampus tradition that instead of he's going to bestow gifts he's going to come and take your children away yeah isn't rather than to krampus? <laughs> yeah, rather than you have to be good so that you'll get presents uh it's like you can't be bad otherwise the krampus will come and take you away and eat you <laughs> So that's like that's very much the stick instead of the carrot. Right. Yeah, Santa yeah, Claus is the carrot around. option, and uh, Krampus is the stick. And um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, save on Christmas that. presents. You wouldn't have to buy the presents in. You're like, oh, well. <laughs> kids are going back with Krampus. I remember seeing Krampus. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely one to check out. If you're looking at dark Christmas films, 
and this could be a bit obscure, but there's one, there's a horror film called The Children, and it's set in a remote house where these families gather together. And uh, the clues in the title, they bring all their children together with them. I don't know how young they're supposed to be, like about five or six or something. But it is, uh, and as you can tell from the title of the film again, there's something wrong with those children. <laughs> oh boy, is there something wrong with those children. Um, <laughs> it's it, 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 it set over Christmas and it is a dark, dark movie. And that's definitely worth checking out this Christmas season, folks. So if you can find a copy of The Children, a British film made about mm, eight, nine years ago, definitely, definitely find a copy of that. I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. It's kind of all this mixture of slasher films and, uh, and, and kind of zombie films and throws it all in this mix in this uh, distant snowbound Christmas setting where everything's, of course, happy at first. Some things are simmering underneath and then along comes the horror like it usually does. And, oh, you know, they, they soon regret their, their decisions around Christmas. You're listening to the Deptford Cinema Podcast. There is another one that I can't remember the name of. It's um, oh, is it Strange Exports or something like that. Rare Exports. Rare Exports, that's the one. Yeah. That's a great mm. Christmas film. Yeah, very Krampus themed again. Yeah, they discover that what they think is Krampus in the snow, don't they? And it's That's like, right. oh no. And then, yeah, they're going to, it's a, again, a yeah, Scandinavian film yes. a few years back. Um, yeah, really unusual. And I think it's going around the, uh, the mountainsides of the little village it's set in, like killing the reindeer and doing very anti Christmas things like that. It's the complete opposite of what you'd expect. Like they, they haven't got the Christmas feel there. They're, they're very much, I think they're all terrified in that film. What may be out there. Yeah. And it just goes to show like, you know, what is coming down that chimney? Mm. <laughs> I don't know. It's, not, it's to bestow some horror. Let's put it that way. And that's definitely a good, good one to, to, to find as well. Uh, so what, have, what other Christmas films are you definitely going to make sure that you watch? You know, a really odd one. And you wouldn't think it. Some people realise this, and it's not. That it's. Um, I think it's one of Tim Burton's best films. Uh, Batman Returns, the second oh, one. Oh, yeah, because that happens at Christmas, definitely. Happens at Christmas, and then you've got the Penguin. His whole backstory is, is kind of about, you know, this character, born of these parents, sort of comes to sort of he pretends he's going to come to save the whole of Gotham City. From out of nowhere, very sort of maybe a line with sort of Christmas themes going on there, and then you know underneath we know it's all going to be oh, not very nice at all. And then he's manipulated by uh, a character sort of written in, not really a villain usual. Is uh, uh, Max Shrek, which yeah. is uh, Christopher Walken again. He's a Scrooge character, a cynical character that's gonna. He learns a harsh lesson in this film if you haven't seen it or what happens to him. Uh, but he's manipulating everyone at Christmas. He's he's the big he's a big businessman that wants to make money out of Christmas. But really, like unlike his wonderful life, he does not have real good intentions at heart. He 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 is he is bad news, and he manipulates everyone in that film. And but he's he also, a really really Christmas film. Yeah, he also creates uh, Catwoman. This he does. Michelle Pfeiffer. Um, oh, she's incredible in that film. I think originally a crazy old cat lady. Well, crazy cat lady. <laughs> 
Okay, I can't she's love just her. A crazy, she's a crazy, she's, she's not old, certainly, as Michelle Fiverr in, in her peak years. Um, I think she's not the crazy old cat lady, but she's certainly the crazy cat lady. <laughs> but also, I remember one of the, the scenes, again, we're going to spoilers here, one of the most memorable scenes is they're going to turn on the Christmas lights. But, of course, it's going to be done by the, uh, I think it's the, um, the Ice Princess, who's this kind of, you know, Miss Gotham. They're going to bring her in to press the button and turn on the Christmas lights. But then, wouldn't you know it, they, there's a plan afoot to sort of kidnap her. Batman has to come to rescue. But unfortunately, he's, he's all too late, right at the last second. And then she plunges right from the top of a skyscraper onto the button of the Christmas lights. I think it, what happens then is all the, the it, it, she, of course, meets her end by falling from a great height, turning on the Christmas lights. And the Christmas tree explodes with bats. So hence driving home that whole Batman theme. And that's a very memorable scene. And that, that could be anti-Christmas, maybe. You don't expect that on Oxford Street. People to be thrown off top of buildings to turn the lights on. That's another think, one that's like, whoa! There would be a bit of an uproar if you did, actually. There would be a bit of an uproar. <laughs> there would be. With Batman involved, I'm not sure. But yeah, there would be a bit. There'd be a few complaints. Not really a, a family-safe film, but... Um, <laughs> the moment but it's I think Batman Returns definitely a Christmas film as well definitely all about sort of like family and sort of you know coming together back with your family you know Batman's lost his family and then you know they, they Michelle Pfeiffer as well was it's Tina Carl Catwoman she she blows up a department store as well I mean they're shopping there's a big thing to go with Christmas as well do your Christmas shopping not in that film because Catwoman's going to come and detonate dynamite under the uh under the big Christmas story in Gotham City, another scene in the film. That's a bit anti-Christmas as well. That anti-Christmas message about, you know, consumerism. Should we really be buying all this stuff? No, don't worry about it. So it kind of maybe pushes that message as well. <laughs> <laughs> One film that I forgot that I actually liked at all uh, and I watched last night is The Holiday. What are your opinions on The Holiday? I know the holiday, God, and my wife, she went to that thing off at Christmas. Didn't no lie, she put it on yesterday and then we turned the channel, it was on ITV2. I think the holiday is one of those films that ITV2 have on a loop all year. <laughs> Seemingly, every, every two days, oh, it was the holiday this year. I, 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 I don't mind the holiday. It, it's, it's, there's some strange messages to that film. Is it, it's, it's just like, you know, it, it's, I, I, I mix with Jack Black. I, I, I think he's, he can annoy me in some films. He was okay in something like um, Shallow Hell or something like that, but he kind of annoys me in some movies. But The Holiday, certainly, The Holiday certainly one of those films as well that, uh, with the crossover, because if we've seen it, Kate Winsett ends up going to California, which is what I'd rather be doing every Christmas. But Cameron <laughs> Diaz to get away to sun, permanent sunshine, that was all of that. Cameron Diaz comes back to England in the, the way the plot works and she ends up in snowbound Surrey. And I think we looked at the scene where she finds out where Surrey is because Americans, obviously, Americans probably never been to Surrey. They'll have seen it on a map and go, let's learn Surrey. So then they write this in the plot and it says, oh, we're half an hour from London. Where, where, where are you half an hour from London? Well, she goes to this tiny village, supposedly, in Surrey. And it's, again, very Christmassy. And like again, picture postcard, a sort of snowbound setting. Despite I, I was raised in Surrey, and I think I can remember one Christmas in my twenty years of being raised in Surrey where there was any snow. So I'm not sure when that was set either. 
Um, I think it's got suspended yeah. disbelief. Uh, just just a bit. No, just a they bit. don't know in America that it doesn't really snow much over here. Yeah, it, um, it doesn't snow over here for our American listeners. So that's not if you come over. <laughs> hopefully, with all this mess is over, yeah, don't expect too much snow. Not of those good. Um, it, it's got its moments. I think it's the bit where Kate Winsett with Cameron Diaz starts. Is there any men in your village? And she goes, um, No, I can't think. You know, no, there's no men here for miles because she's come out of a relationship. But then, as we just in that second we watched that scene, I think you're forgetting Jude Law. Um, probably in this little Christmas village. Jude Law is going to stand out in the village this is set. You know, he looks like a beautiful movie star and he's walking around this village. It's like, oh, hello. And it's like, yeah, I'm not sure, sure he would be somewhere like this. But <laughs> Jude Law. It's because, it's because it's her brother, though. Of course she's going to say, oh, no, there's no men. Because she wouldn't... Yeah, I was told this. <laughs> brother, some, some arsehole that gave her wedgies when she was a child. And... Um, <laughs> I like, think it's quite progressive to have him as a single dad. Uh, yeah. Element. And uh, I think the whole kind of message of, if you don't like your life, well, why don't you just take a jet plane and scoot off somewhere else in the world? And yeah. I like yeah. that whole, um, if you don't like your life, change yeah. it message. Yeah, it's got a nice thing. I think probably Jude Law, to his respect, you know, he's a single dad. He doesn't, he's quite a good character in this film. It's quite a film. Everyone's kind of nice in this film, all the main characters, but he must be in with his luck again in this village. He's maybe thinking, you know, maybe I can move on. I'm not sure, sort of settle down and have a relationship. And here comes into this village, um, blonde actress model, Cameron Diaz. So he's like winning. <laughs> he's probably like, oh yeah, this is, this is a good situation I found here. So yeah, good for him. <laughs> and they get together, it turns out very nice. I'll tell you one so, yeah, film I will definitely story. not be watching this Christmas. Uh, that's Love Actually, and I can't stand oh. it. Can't stand it, it, Love Actually. We need a second podcast in, <laughs> to talk about how bad, how bad Love Actually is. Worst. It's it, absolutely the worst. It's, it, I, I, I think it's the worst because it's just... I think it maybe it's the worst because it is so popular. It's on everywhere. And there's so many people who think, oh, I have to watch Love Actually at Christmas. No, you don't have to watch Love Actually at Christmas. You really don't. There's loads of other Christmas films you can enjoy it. It's just full of things which, it's not one of things that doesn't make sense. Yeah. It's got, even at Christmas, it's got, I think, a scene in the first half of the film where it's, oh, we'd better book the office Christmas party on the 1st of December. When you're thinking, yeah, you really need to book that in August. I don't know where you're going to find to have a Christmas party because they're all booked up. So this wouldn't happen. And maybe even there's, there's, there's bits like at the airport, I think, where Liam Neeson's kid gets to declare his love for the girl who's leaving. Blurg. And it's like there's no airport security or anything in these scenes. It's like, where is everyone? You can't move Ebro Airport Christmas in good years. So it's like, how does this work? So, it kind of throws out common sense. I think there's lots of things that kind of make me feel kind of cringe in the film. Uh, not least the, the older men chasing uh, after much younger women. That makes <laughs> me feel so cringe. <laughs> Hang on. Are we talking about Bill Nye? 
Uh, well, not just Bill Nye, but obviously... He's great, um, he's great because he's, he's completely off-kilter. One of those performances I like where he feels like he's from a different film and he's great, but everyone else... Who? Who? Who are you talking Alan about? Alan oh, character, chasing oh, after Rickman's the office floozy. Yeah, what? It's, it's horrible what he does in that film. That's a good... Uh, uh, oh, well, hang on. Maybe there is a redeeming feature love, actually. The scene where Emma Thompson cries... It's really quite, it's quite a good movie cry. You actually feel it. And the Alan Rickman. Okay, so here's the question. Which Christmas film is Alan Rickman more of a scumbag in? Is it <laughs> Die Hard or is it Love Actually? Oh, wow. That's such that, an amazing question. Mm, I'm not sure. Hans Gruber, at least Hans Gruber's committed to this massive act of terrorism. He's I covering up a bank robbery. He's ambitious <laughs> uh, as Hans Gruber. And also, he's quite, uh, he's quite charming in certain, in certain ways. He is very charming. He is very charming. That just that reminds way. me of another Alan Rickman film that everybody watches at Christmas. Um, oh, what is it? It's the Robin Hood. Robin Hood Robin film. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Uh, yeah. It's, oh, yeah. and in that, in that. Hold on. That, that's set of the discussion. Yeah, he actually cancels Christmas. <laughs> so there you go. It's not Die Hard. It's not Love Actually. Alan Rickman is the worst kind of character in any film related to Christmas where he actually cancels Christmas. Yeah, as a sheriff of Nottingham. Only Alan Rickman can pull off a character that could actually cancel Christmas. No one else does that. <laughs> and maybe outside of EastEnders. But, you know, Christmas is cancelled. Pulled off Christmas. <laughs> He's the armor grid to sheriff of Nottingham, the ultimate beach. Fantastic. Okay, well, I think uh, I think this has kind of brought us to a close now. Um, thank now you we're going to so go off and watch for... another Christmas films. Yeah, now we well, now we have to we have to go and cram all those Christmas and anti Christmas films in. Maybe watch every single Alan Rickman film that we've mentioned today, and kind of maybe maybe make a little score on the bad things. I mean, I think some other people might disagree that the Sheriff of Nottingham is the worst. So everybody should go and watch all three. Actually, maybe maybe don't watch Love Actually. Don't maybe watch Love Actually, yeah. yeah. <laughs> watch Die Hard and Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, yeah. That, that's yeah. just for an Alan Rickman double bill, which is always great. And then, yeah, we'll go we with Christmas. We have to watch Love Actually, but we're not going to make you watch Love Actually. That would just be... No one should be made to watch Love Actually. No. Okay. Watch Gremlins instead. What? Watch Gremlins instead. Yes. Gremlins instead. Great. Okay. Well, thanks again right. for joining me, Neil, and have Thank a you, Charlotte. Christmas. Everybody, a Merry Christmas. Podcast. Have a Merry Christmas too. Sorry, I keep talking over you. No, have a Merry Christmas. You too. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Deptford Cinema Podcast. For more information about our current online activities, please visit our website, www depthfordcinema.org Depth for Cinema Depth for Cinema, the right place for film lovers